Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. mystery beauty is a rare thing that's ornette coleman um you can get it on the complete atlantic recordings but it was originally released in 1961 this is our music that's ornette coleman don cherry charlie hayden on bass and ed blackwell on drums and uh, we've reached that moment in the late lunch show here at soho radio when our first guest has theoretically strolled through the door and come through the telephone. Uh, Nick Blacker, are you there? I am. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. And where are you? I'm at home in Manchester. Uh, whereabouts is home in Manchester, in Manchester? What part of Manchester? That's the one. That's what I meant by that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm in Levinshume. Oh, OK. All right. We'll be, we'll be thinking of you. And is it sunny there? It is, yeah. It's really nice. It's uh, it, it's been good weather recently, yeah. Yeah, no rain. Not so far today. No, oh. we've been pretty good. I know we're famous for having a lot of rain in Manchester, but so far, so good. It is true, uh, and I was getting at that. Now, I think that um, you and I met in Hull, didn't we? When it was the City of Culture. Oh, uh, right for the um, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not still the city of culture, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And uh, and I did walk away from that gig thinking, wow, that is such an amazing band. I mean, one of the amazing things about you is don't you all write the tunes together? Yeah, that's right. So somebody will come up with an idea, um, you know, whether it's, it's quite rare that it's close, close to a complete song these days, or a complete tune, but um, somebody has an idea and then we, it always goes through the filter of the three of us together. So, um, yeah, it, it can often end up in quite a different place to where it first began. Um, now, um, I've got some tracks from the album, uh, none of which are exclusives, because, wrongly in my opinion... The exclusives haven't gone to the late lunch show at Soho Radio. No, there must be something wrong with the thinking of your publicist, surely. 
Well, yeah, yes, I guess so. Yeah, well, I'm glad we agree on that. So, um, when when is the album coming out? I've originally, it was wasn't it originally booked for a September release? Um, no, originally it was it was supposed to be out by now. So oh. obviously, obviously, before the COVID nineteen thing, um, the, the the idea was that the album came out on the first of May, and we would have been out on the road somewhere now. But obviously, that's not to be so i think the logic was at the time because obviously a lot of people didn't really know how things were going to go was maybe push it back a month because um basically record shops weren't open not that i think that's going to be different in a, in a couple of weeks when it comes out but um that was the plan so yeah it comes out on the 5th of june yeah well i think the you know the government advice is fairly clear that the shops will be open won't be open and everyone will be at work or won't be at work. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just so clear, isn't it? Um, yeah. So um, so you've, there's a track on this album. What's the name of the album, then? So the album, it's actually just called Go Go Penguin, which is quite unusual for the fifth album of a band, but that's what we did. Well, there are, there are bands that, that have done that even further into their career. I'm thinking of those boys from Liverpool with their Double White album, which is never called The Beatles, but that is what it's called, isn't it? Um, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a good move. And, and aren't you huge sellers on Blue Note? Huge sellers, did you say? Yeah. Um, I say that with, <laughs> with no irony. No, seriously, I have oh, read. Right. I have Without read. any irony? With no um, irony at all. I guess it's all relative, really. If you're comparing us to Gregory Porter, then maybe not. But I, I think we're doing OK. <laughs> OK, well, look, so this is a track called Atomized, which might have been the first single or I don't know where I got it from. But anyway, you tell me afterwards. But this is Atomized, which is maybe how we're all feeling at the moment. Yes, I like that ending. Go Go Penguin. Um, and that was drummer Rob Turner, pianist Chris Illingworth, and bassist Nick Blacker, who's talking to me on the phone. Hi, Nick. Hi there. So, um, and can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can, yeah. Do I sound svelte and dulcet? Do you sound dulcet, did you say? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. It's a bit of a struggle, but I, I, I can hear you, yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, sorry about that, but uh, what can you do? We should be live. Yeah. We should be live in a studio somewhere, but you're in your room, I'm in mine, and we're <laughs> far apart. But anyway, that was atomised, which kind of describes our situation, really. So um, what I like about um, Go Go Penguin and also about, you can hear it in that track, is you sort of do anthemic track somehow or other it's anthemic i'm not saying it's sing-along but you suddenly you're suddenly in the middle of it and you think wow this is a very strong current to be riding do you think that's true 
Well, hopefully, that's kind of the intention, really. When we're, we're making the tunes, it's uh, it's to always to invoke kind of a feeling or an emotion from from the music, and that that's kind of the the primary intention, really. And yeah. and and once the piece has been recorded, um, you you are you obviously still play it at gigs. And how much does it change? It sort of develops over time, really, um, it, and it also depends on the piece. So the, there are some pieces of like our, our old albums where when we play live, there might be a full improvised sort of section in the middle that's not on the recording. So we kind of treat the the album, the albums, and the gigs differently. And then sometimes it's just very subtle where we'll play it almost as is, but it's kind of like it just depends on the situation, the environment, and and that really depends the way we play it and it, it might be quite subtle but there are still variations within it. So is it a problem for the tunes which obviously then develop at your gigs that you can't go out gigging with them? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a strange situation, isn't it? Because like when we do eventually get out to gig them, it's going to be... Um, quite a while since we recorded them but um and so we'll, we'll we're quite familiar with them but we'll start that development process a bit later on than we would have done normally but i think by that time we'll be so excited to get out on the road whenever that may be that yeah we'll just be happy about that do you think that going out on the road's going to be like you know a stepping out into the sunshine or is it going to be more like you know um first of all you're going to do um uh, small audiences in large venues so that they've got space, you know, so so that, you know, so that rather than looking to fill the spaces that you're playing in, which is obviously what all musicians want to do up until now, yeah. now you want to achieve a situation where everyone's just safe, but you are live. So that probably means, uh, you know, not filling a venue, like the venue's only a third full or something and people are... Being sensible, being sensible quite, at venues. I don't know. It's a bit of a <laughs> quite possibly. A I mean, it, it's, yeah. very, it's very difficult to sort of kind of guess how things are going to pan out. But it it may well be that yeah, we're playing in the the venues, but the to a lesser audience, or it'll go on for longer and things might get rearranged and and we'll end up playing in smaller venues. I just it's difficult to say really exactly exactly what's I think, if anything, live music is probably the one of the last things that comes back, unfortunately, for us. Because, you know, it's probably going to come after people start going to bars and, and clubs and stuff again. Maybe, but um, it seems to me that it's an easier thing to to kind of make minimalist, you know, so, like, have less people at a gig... It's it's probably easier to do that at a music gig than it is at a football ground. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I I, I think um, you know if if that's something that's allowed to happen, I mean, it's going to be quite difficult to sort of I don't know to put on a gig and say right, everybody's got to be two meters apart. But yeah, maybe with a, a much less capacity, it's possible. But I think by the time we we get out to be able to play live i think everyone's going to be you know pretty happy about it to be honest yeah 
Absolutely. Okay, so um, another track from the album, and this is Cora. I'm, you've told me I'm playing the three singles. So I think Atomized, when did that come out? March? Yeah, I think so, something like that. Okay, but this one is Cora. And is there a, a story behind this? Yeah, well, we've sort of been quite interested in play, like adapting some of the sort of patterns that you play on the African instrument, the Cora, um, onto the piano. So obviously Chris has been you know, um, looking into that, being the band's pianist. But also there is um, a guy who busks in Manchester uh, near Piccadilly in the centre um, um, who plays a cola. And I believe that Chris has seen him a few times. Well, we've all seen him because he, he's, he's there a lot. And um, Do we know his was... name? Do you know his name? I don't know his name, oh. actually. No. But, um, okay, but, well, but people, he... listeners in, in Manchester, and I know there are many thousands there, but if you're listening live today, uh, can you tweet us the, the name, if you know, of the guy who plays Cora? Uh, where, whereabouts does he busk? I think he's often sort of um, near Piccadilly Gardens. Yeah. Well, OK. Let's see if anyone comes back with that. Um, and I'll have a look yeah. at the Twitter page in a minute. OK, so, um, so, so Chris closeted himself with the Cora player. Um, learn a lot of uh, West African patterns. Maybe Senegal, Mali. Yeah, I think it's more sort of a general sort of sense of it. I don't know how deep into it he's gone with it, but um, we've definitely experimented with that sort of you know sound. And this this track owes something to that kind of experimentation. Okay, so um, I shall press play um, even now. Yes, indeed. That was uh, Cora by Gogo Penguin. And I'm speaking on the phone even now to Chris Blacker, who you could hear. That that was uh, very much an upright bass, wasn't it? Yes, yes, that's right. But you, so you, you play electric bass and upright bass on different tracks? Um, on this album, it's all, well, actually, on all of the albums, uh, it's upright bass. I did play bass guitar on uh, an EP that we did, which was music that we did for an alternative score to a, a film called Koyaanisqatsi. Okay. But, oh, sorry, so, so in fact, but, I mean, on this track, uh, it, it really does showcase the, the whole range of the bass, I think. Yeah, yeah, it kind of goes up into what they call thumb position at the, uh, towards the end, yeah. Yeah, we've tried to, we've had a bit more time with this album than we have had previous times, so we've sort of been able to focus more on sort of how the piano and bass parts sort of interlock, and obviously the drums as well, but quite specifically, like, the movement between the, the, the bass and the piano and trying to, like, move apart but then come together at certain points and, and really get more into that bit. And um 
And, and how come you've had more time to do that? Well, just when, when I joined the band for the second album, so that was V2.0, and that everything just kind of really took off from there. It was the one that got nominated for the Mercury Prize. So it, you just then enter a, a touring recording schedule like all bands do, where it gets you know pretty pretty full on, and so you just get allotted time to to write and then record. And we just simply took a bit more time to to make the album, didn't do as many gigs as we had been doing. And so it meant that we could be a bit more thorough with things and, and, you know, try things and throw it away if it didn't work and and, and sort of develop it a bit further. No, I I think that's a really good thing. I think, you know, one of the things that for some reason jazz bands in particular suffer from is not really having time to finish every track on the album and rush it out. And I think it, it doesn't help them. Um, and uh, and like, it's just really nice that you've done that. Um, who? The, it's a great sound that the album has. So do one of you produce it or do you produce it as a, a unit or is, is there somebody who who does that for you? It's a guy called Joe Riser who is basically the fourth member of Go Go Penguin. He he does all the um, the live sound. So at every gig that we do, he's there uh, doing the, the live sound. But he also co-produces the album, um, all the albums with um, a guy called Brendan Williams. So those guys together, they you know kind of like part of the family really. So they when it comes time to record, they know. And especially on this album, they were there for like the actual writing of some of the music and had input into that. So they were heavily involved right from sort of the embryonic stages right through to the the finished product. So there's a lot of trust that goes into what those guys do. Well, yeah, I, th- I think that um, producers are underrated in in this current climate because of the whole popularity of. You know, people recording in their bedrooms and people recording themselves and so on. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that there isn't brilliant music coming out of that. But um, I, but I also think that, um, you know, you're, you're so missing a trick if you think that there is nothing to be gained from, a, you know, an extra wonderful brain at the controls. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how true this is and um, no one will ever know. But like... Um, like, but but like Ray Davies of the Kinks said that the only difference between the Kinks and the Beatles was George Martin. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it, I I mean I understand the the point of that. It, it, a producer is integral or can be because when you when you're in a band together and you know each other so well and you've been playing together on the on the road and it's difficult to sometimes be outside of that thing and it's nice to just have a fresh perspective where somebody can be really you can trust them enough where they can be honest and say look that that drum beat's not working or that bass line's not it's just not the right thing or we need to do this or this or even repeat that section and and we've had a, a lot more of that and they, they were really crucial to to getting this album to sound the way it did really yeah i mean and even to bring it closer to to jazz i mean you know miles davis didn't produce himself that isn't why it sounds like the why the records sound like they do um and uh i just i just think if you get the chance every band should 
try and get a producer. Anyway, um, sorry, I'm not from the producers' union of, of these <laughs> of these islands, but I just think it's true. And like so many artists say, particularly after the first time they've actually worked with a producer and it's been a very happy experience, wow, I didn't know that studios could be like that. Um, so before you step out um, back on stage, um, is there, I mean, if this carries on, a bit longer or more than a bit longer and it's not resolved till say the autumn or even Christmas um, are you going to uh, kind of start doing something else to get music out there like because um, uh, Kit Downs was on the show last week and he's okay. he's got a whole kind of lockdown thing that he's doing with various musicians and they're never all in the same room but um it's all assembled in his garden shed studio, and um, it it was it was very interesting music. And I just wondered, you know, I know that you know everyone needs to play, everyone needs to use those chops, and um, it must be very frustrating not to. So, is there a go go penguin answer to what to do during this interim period? You mean sort of online performances and things. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure what it could be. I mean, it could be, uh, it's been done before, but it could be a rooftop, um, you know, concert, like when you're well away from the public. Or, um, yeah. uh, you know, it all depends whether you three can be together because maybe you three can't be together because you're not a family and you don't live together as far as I know. And, um, I mean, maybe that's a problem. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the main issue at the moment is like the, when we're allowed at least three people together, then we could maybe head to our studio. Although that did, uh, that did have a fire about a week before, before lockdown. So that's, that means the electric needs to go back on. But um, yeah, I think it's, it, it, we'd definitely look at doing something if we could get together. Um, but until then, it's, it's always difficult with the online stuff because I think you've, as far as I know, I think you've got to all play separately and we're all in our flats. And I know that Rob doesn't even have a drum kit in his flat, so it's yeah. going to be quite difficult for us to do it. Yeah, you do. I mean, I'm sure you do have to play separately because, well, I, I haven't seen anything um, digital, you know, no, no software that means that you can listen to each other. You know, you can't do that with Skype or Zoom or or even House Party. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, House Party, I know. Uh, most people didn't know about Zoom and House Party a few months ago, but now it's all you ever heard about. I know. But, um, I think there's... Um, it's just going to be like too much latency, you know, to be able to play live. Maybe, maybe there is something out there. I don't know, but um, yeah, I think I think we can just do what everybody else does and sort of work on things individually, and you know, work on maybe trying to write stuff or you know, improve things that need improving. That like all musicians need to be doing that all the time, really. So yeah. there's plenty to be getting on with. Yeah, I've got a couple of tracks that I'll play later in the program from that people, musicians from bands and uh, even orchestras have sent in, which is just them solo, um, playing with yeah. all, playing with all the bits of their computer that they never thought that they would have to do because they thought they were such a live musician. 
but what can you do? Um, okay, so um, it's been great talking to you. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, as I explained to you um, when we're talking together and no one could hear us, yeah, I'm in Oxford. Um, and uh, I, this is the last week, actually, that I'm going to record in this particular living room because I'm moving back home because the building work is finished and we're allowed to move. But I'm just wondering how I'm going to do that because this room is full of carpets. And the walls are really thick and it's not echoey. And when I when I moved back to our kind of frail house, I wonder what it's going to sound like. Anyway, um, so uh, that's my problem, not yours. <laughs> um, but any suggestions would be great. Now, look, just before um, we play the last track and we say goodbye, I just want to see whether anyone um, has tweeted in um you may have got the idea this is very relaxed radio <laughs> so it is um yeah look there's there's a few tweets come in here um and uh but they're mostly retweets and no one has mentioned anyone um from uh piccadilly station busking sites it's not fair, is it? Actually, buskers are really suffering. You know, what can they do? Well, exactly. I know. Yeah, it's it's definitely tricky times for lots of people. Yeah. But, it, um, yeah go, go on, no, go on. I, I was just going to say, but I don't know, this, this Cora player, I, I guess he's not going to be out there doing it now, but um, maybe it doesn't exist at all. It might be a figment of Chris's imagination, but... Um, I don't think that's true because I remember him as well. But yeah, if anyone's <laughs> if anyone's got the answer, that'd be good. That's true. Although he may be a figment of both your imaginations. Perhaps you actually <laughs> wanted a Cora player to be there in Piccadilly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. Um, okay, so um, last last track from the album uh, today is called F Major Pixie. Is that, that is correct. And uh, is there a reason for this? There is, actually. And it's um, a lot of our titles, are, even we try not to be too, like, a lot of them have meanings to us. And so we, but we try not to be too explicit with what, what exactly it is so people can bring their own meaning. So quite a lot of them, um, you know, have, have reference to something emotional or, or whatever for one of us. But in this instance... We just used we when we're working on music we have working titles and and this one that was just a working title simply because we had uh, an arpeggiated arpeggio pattern which you'll hear at the beginning which is kind of F major I don't think it is actually fully F major I think there's a B natural in it but anyway that's getting into technical stuff but um, we, we called it an F major thing and then we had another section that we thought sounded a little bit like the indie rock on Pixies and so it stuck with the title which is F major Pixie oh well that sounds that's the way titles should be made okay <laughs> well well Chris, great talking to you. Um, I hope that this all sorts itself out, or we sort it out. Um, it, it, it occur- it's Nick, actually. What did I say, Chris? Yeah, but oh, it's that's fine. Right. Sorry, sorry. It's no problem. 
Yeah, my, my fault. Yeah, Nick, I knew it was you because you don't play piano. <laughs> well, probably you do. Um, okay, yeah, apologies, many apologies. Well, look, Nick, no it's, it's even though you're Nick, it's still been great speaking <laughs> to you. And um, I'm just, um, I'm just thinking actually that when we were just talking about latency and how you play together over software. Um, as fast as people are trying to generate this uh, anti-COVID or COVID um, vaccine, somebody must be trying to generate software where you can play together live. Yeah, it, it may already exist. I, I, I just don't know. Um, well, there's always going to be a little bit of a lag. But yeah, yeah, there probably are. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. It well, definitely makes things more possible. Well, if, if there are any um, software specialists listening in and they've got something some news on that then they can tweet us in fact anyone can tweet us i just wish someone would (laughs) okay nick thank you very much and i'll never call you chris again i promise it's fine thank you for having me okay pleasure this is f major pixie and good luck to the gogo penguins